0: Hello and welcome everyone to today's episode of Voices of eLearning. I'm your host, as always, JW Marshall with MarketScale, and we are so glad that you found us today. Today's guest is a special appearance um, from someone in a part of the ed tech industry that we've not had a conversation around yet. So I'm very excited to introduce Margarita Bancroft. She is the founder and president of TechEd Connect Recruiters. Margarita, how are you doing today?
1: Hi, JW. Thanks so much. I'm doing great. Good
0: day today. Snow's gone. Sun is out. Yeah, the (laughs) spring has sprung. We're getting ready for summer before we know it. Um, The pandemic is uh, numbers are getting better, so it is a good time to to be having this conversation. Um, And before we dive into my questions, um, it'd be great if you could give our audience just a little bit of background on yourself and on your company.
1: Sure. Uh, Well, myself, I was a, uh, I started my education as a petroleum geologist and went into science teaching and became a science and technology teacher for 10 years and uh, have loved it. Uh, Went went overseas actually to Barcelona and headed up there. Uh, I was the director of technology for their international school. And um, then actually married that skill with a master's degree in organizational behavior. And then I went on to start my PhD in educational leadership. And I have a big love for education and people. And I married those skills and shadowed some recruiters and started my business 10 years ago. And That's how I got started in recruiting. It's been um, it's been basically marrying some of my my uh, favorite skill sets into recruiting and working with people all day long.
0: That's great. And specifically, um, tell our audience about what Tech Ed Connect recruiters focuses on. What types of levels? What types of positions? And um, you know, just a little backstory on the company.
1: Uh, so. We specialize in K-12 and higher education, mostly K-12 uh, recruiting, and we have, we have a real sweet spot with leadership positions and with senior sales performers. Those are two sweet spots. We also do a lot of marketing and operations, and product management placements, uh, customer service, but I would say that the sweet spots are leadership positions and senior sales top performers.
0: Great, and uh, startups all the way through large organizations?
1: Exactly, right. So we have a speed spot between the startups that have about a million dollars in revenue and they're trying to scale to 10 million or, you know, one to 10 million trying to scale to 10 to 60 million. And then we also have worked with large organizations, Promethean World, Desire to Learn, you know, all the big boys that have been out there blackboard. Uh, so we've worked on both ends and uh, have, yeah, have have enjoyed both parts of it, small, That's... medium, and large. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so as our audience knows our audience, uh, we do have a lot of great um, uh, K-12 administrators uh, that follow our podcast every week, but also a lot of other ed tech companies. Uh, and this com- uh, episode is really going to be uh, tailoring to you and your Uh, efforts either as um, uh, employees or executives or as your company leadership. And so we're going to dive into a lot of areas um, as we go through the next uh, 20 or 30 minutes. But before we get into that, um, I'd really be curious to uh, get thoughts from Margarita on the state of recruiting in EdTech, maybe before pandemic, uh, BP, uh, and then kind of during the The pandemic. And now, as we're coming out, we're going to get some future thoughts. So, let's start with, um, you know, kind of pre pandemic, what was the landscape like and how did that change over the last 15 months?
1: Right. Well, it has been so interesting. It's the pandemic, uh, fortunately and unfortunately, gave uh, the whole ed tech industry a huge kickstart. And before the pandemic, in the the time that I've been recruiting, uh, growth. Change, I'd say. Changes come very slowly in the ed tech industry. And we have worked, this whole industry has worked so hard at moving everybody forward and helping them to understand what technology can do for the students. And, uh, you know, we've, the industry has made progress every year, but this huge kickstart into remote learning. Uh, we saw, I saw as a recruiter, I saw the chaos, right? When when everything started and they didn't know if they were gonna open the schools or not. And um, we saw a huge surge in the infrastructure which was exciting because we needed that. We needed the children to have access to the internet and have access to hardware to run the software that the companies that I recruit for produce. And so that was during, you know, just pre-pandemic and and during that uh, first six months, uh, they got it all together and they really organized. And that's when the remote learning was so evident. And it was so exciting for the industry because, well, for recruiting, it slowed down a lot because they were getting organized. And then as they got organized, at say at the end of the year and January of this year, everything came together and we saw, you know, everybody had learned to use the remote learning, they were using the tools, they were ready to go forward. And I I would say in the beginning, 10 years ago, we had maybe 10% of the market, then we had 20% of the market, then we maybe 30% of the market, and that's a rough estimate. But now now we see 70 to 90% of the market, you know, using remote learning and using the tools that these companies have provided. It's exciting in that respect. And so, yes, a lot of growth right now.
0: Yeah, and it's really great to see ed tech not as a supplement anymore, but really as a part of the core. And I think um, we've been in the pandemic long enough that that is really going to stick moving forward. Um, And as you mentioned, the connectivity issue, um, we're not there yet with the digital divide, but we've made more progress in the last 12, 15 months than anyone would have thought pre-pandemic. Um, And so hopefully we're getting closer and closer to having that real uh, one to one uh, accessibility um, with students. I'm kind of curious on the back end of things. Have you seen a lot of your clients um, also have to shift to digital uh, meetings, digital uh, operations? Um, Are those starting to come back out or have a lot of your clients maybe planning to continue more digitally than they were before internally?
1: Absolutely. I have seen because with the interviewing process that I'm a part of, it is the old process was call, 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 and then fly out to headquarters for a meeting. And now it's uh, it's video interviews. It's video interview, video interview, team and vi- video interview and then an offer. <laughs> so because nobody could fly. Right. And uh, and everybody's much more comfortable with that, that that. Uh, that realm, I guess. And uh, so it has been interesting. There's definitely remote learning, remote working. It's, it's definitely here to stay from what, my perspective.
0: And has that been a challenge in some ways to be different and to get your candidates maybe camera ready when as before it would be more phone ready, audio only or in person ready?
1: Yes, there have been candidates that have struggled a little bit with the technology that, you know, that's what my job is, is to coach them, to get them prepared and to be prepared. Uh, So it's definitely been a learning process for a lot of people. Uh, When we talk about leadership positions, not so much. When we talk about a lot of top performers, not so much, but, you know, we're talking, sometimes uh more entry level positions or um you know beginning sales position of some sort there's more coaching going on
0: yeah, that makes sense and and working with a lot of sales professionals um have most of the pros just kind of rolled with the punches here that maybe we're more used to meeting clients and conducting sales face to face. It is a little bit different to uh have to embrace the technology and get used to it and and really thrive in that environment when you can't be face-to-face.
1: Absolutely. Um, It just reminds me of a story. I was just speaking to a VP at a company we all know. And um, she says, I can't believe it, Margarita. I'm actually going to put on heels and a dress and be actually meeting a customer face-to-face. And that was just about a month ago. And you know, as things start to open up and people are vaccinated, people are really excited to see people face to face. And you know, of course, that's still the gold standard. If we can see each other in person, uh, it makes for a very rich relationship generally.
0: Absolutely. But also advantages to being remote. You can have more conversations in a day than you could uh, kind of flying around. So uh, what sense of this next normal um, coming back this summer or maybe this fall, maybe some trade shows, maybe some more on-site visits, do you think we'll go completely back to kind of the the way things were uh, before the pandemic? Or do you think we'll find kind of a next normal, a hybrid approach?
1: Right. Yes, I like this next normal hybrid approach, I think is really accurate. I think that, uh, yes, we are much more comfortable with r- remote learning. I think that that will always be a trend. I think it's here to stay. Um, and I think people are much more comfortable, right, in, in having the conversations they need to have without you know, without having to be in person for all of these meetings. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I think that the the new normal is much more technology driven than ever before.
0: Absolutely. And I've even heard from a number of executives that um, they were very worried because they were traveling 200 plus days a year um, at some of these large tech tech companies. And um, they've actually found that most of them are more productive, not traveling so much, uh, doing the Zoom meetings, um, hopefully not eight hours or ten hours a day, but um, getting to spend more time with their family, recharge their batteries, things like that. And I know many of them are are ready to get back out there into the world um, at some level, but but probably not 200 plus days um, a year again. Um, but but trying to be more efficient and effective using the digital tools. And and I think there's just so many parallels between the edtech community internally and then the the schools and districts and the challenges they're facing and uh, trying to get the best out of both worlds with the on-site time and the the hybrid learning, uh, but overall it seems to be kind of an exciting time in ed tech right now.
1: Absolutely, I, I agree with your hybrid learning concept. I think that that's right. That there's more, there are more people more comfortable, and think of the time that they are saving. You know, everybody is saving a lot of time, so that you have. Um, it's a little bit like the texting and the phone calls too. That we don't even. We're not even on the phone that much anymore. We just text. And the same thing with the meetings is that if you can do the meetings without face-to-face, then that will be a new norm. And then there's going to be those specific meetings that we we want to be face-to-face with.
0: Absolutely. And so there's also been even more investment in the ed tech community uh, through the pandemic. And it's really grown in the last two or three years, almost exponentially, is that, are you seeing that translate into just a higher volume of hiring more companies? Um, is this uh, trend going to continue into the rest of this year and, and years forward?
1: Yes, I, I think so. I've been watching the investment money come in the last few years and it has just been growing and growing. And I'm sure you're familiar with GSV, with Global Silicon Valley. And I, I love listening to their reports and they have a nice, pulse on what's happening in the industry. And um, yes, this investment money is making a big difference. We have a lot of Silicon Valley uh, startups. We have a lot of, uh, you know, startups from, from both, well, all over the nation, but I, I see a lot from both coasts. And um, we have a lot of seed, but they have a lot of seed money. And so they need top talent too. And there's more competition for top talent is what I'm seeing. So I think the future is going to be Interesting. Uh, we, have, we have more companies, more money, more products, and more people wanting that top talent.
0: Yeah, and more competition for the top talent. Um, it's funny you bring up GSV. Uh, a, a small plug here for Market Scale. Uh, my team has actually just partnered with ASU GSV, uh, the summit that's going to be in August. Uh, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central, we're doing a live podcast with them and some of the uh, GSV Cup finalists, um, some of the sponsors and things. So um, yes, they're a group that is uh, really shining the light on um, ed tech and the, not only the startups, but the companies that are growing fast at all levels. And it's a really exciting time in education. Um, I, I say all that to tee up my my big question. What are companies looking for what uh, skills what traits of candidates are you um, looking for as you're trying to to play matchmaker here between the right candidates and the right companies
1: well great question and of course it's it's different for every company right. so the process that i have is you know i i listen to the company the the ceo or the hiring manager generally and we talk a lot about what What is it? What are they looking for? What do they want in an employee? What are what's the vision of the company? What is the uh, expectation of the employee? And, And it's very important that they're clear and the clearer they are, the message comes more clearly to me. And then I can clearly articulate that to the candidate, but it works on both sides. Right. So the candidate also needs to uh, have a clear message of their strengths. They need to be able to articulate it. They they need to be able to present themselves uh, professionally. And what I do is I, I really work hard at listening to both sides and then matching up the value system. And we call that the culture. But it's the values, it's the attitude, it's the passions, it's It's what motivates each of them. It's are they strategic and tactical or mostly tactical or, you know, are they uh, analytical? You know, what kind of a thinker do you want? So a lot of time and effort goes into making that match and listening to both the company and the candidate and submitting only top performers so that they don't have to spend time sifting through job boards and resumes, and you know they—they they, companies are paying me for my knowledge and my expertise in finding that, and so I work incredibly hard at, at, at finding just top top talent for for the companies and matching what they want to what the candidate can provide.
0: And I would imagine so much of that is based on relationships, um, especially in ed tech and education. Um, everyone kind of knows everyone or to some degree of separation. Um, how important is relationships um, as far as, um, you know, relationships with uh, recruiters, relationships with other leaders? Um, give us kind of a, a, your take on the value of relationships in ed tech.
1: Well, I would say it's probably number one. It's the one number one criteria that uh, is long live within this industry, relationships matter. They matter a lot here. And um, I would say that authentic, honest, sincere people, uh, I match with authentic, transparent companies and um, relationships, you're right. We all, a lot of us know each other, especially those of us who have been in the industry for more than five, 10 years. And uh, what I can provide a company is basically, where have they been? What skill sets are they good at and why? And so that's that's something that I can provide for a company and and on the candidate side as well. We all know each other and we all help one another and it's an interesting, it's, an, it's such an interesting industry to be in or a community because even other recruiters, we all collaborate. If we have a top-notch person that we can't place, I work with several other recruiters and say, hey, this person's amazing. Do you have anything for him or her? And so I don't know if everybody understands that as how collaborative of a community we actually are. We're not, yes, we, we compete to some extent, but we collaborate much more.
0: Uh, and I love that because that, I think, is reflective of the EdTech community um, where so many districts have so many programs. There's not as much uh, kind of head-to-head competition because every EdTech company does something a little different for the most part. They have their niche and they work really well together. And I feel like the pandemic has really brought that together even more than, than maybe in uh, prior years where everyone just kind of set themselves apart and almost became support centers for the districts, um, not trying to be overly salesy during such a difficult time, but just saying, hey, what can we do to help? And um, even connecting more at a human level than before, starting meetings out or demonstrations with, hey, how are you doing before we get to the business of the work? Is that something that you've seen on the recruiting side as well?
1: Always. Always, I mean, we care about each other, right? And if you don't care, you're not going to do well. And so uh, the caring comes comes through. I mean, many, many of my friends are now uh, all CEOs, VPs, candidates that I've placed throughout the years, right? So this is a long-term relationship and um, no, absolutely. They, the relationships matter in this industry more than anything else and yeah it's a pleasure to be a part of it too and I I would I would also say that trust you know we all trust each other and we all you know we all want to help each other and um nobody burns any bridges and those who do don't last long in this industry from my perspective uh recruiting you know you can do a lot for for another person and we all try to help and 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 that's different. That is different than other industries that I've worked with in. And um, and I have to say that um, because of this network and because of the relationships that uh, have been made, it, it, it's a win for everybody. We all do better. And, and it's interesting that you can see it on a global scale. If we would just work together, so much more can be accomplished and I have been in other corporate situations where it's competitive and that is the biggest difference with working recruiting in, in the EdTech industry and I'm um, very grateful that I found it and I've also noticed that people uh, maybe will go outside of ed tech and come back and they'll come back and tell me went out there, wasn't wasn't as passionate, I come back here and I feel like I'm changing the world, I'm making a difference, I'm contributing.
0: Absolutely agree. And I've spent my entire career in, in ed tech as well. And it is. It's mission driven, even though it's uh not always nonprofit. It can be for profit and still be mission driven and relationship based. And relationships with um, you know, your customers are so important. Uh but with other companies and even internally in your companies, you never know uh who you work for. They may work for you someday, or you may work for them again in a different company. And so um for anyone listening, those relationships uh, that you currently have. You never know where where they could take you down the road, and and not in a way to to you know be nice to people, expecting you know something in return, but just um, education is full of so many good people. Just be a good person, and and things will kind of take care of themselves, right? Um, give us some some success stories. I know you've worked with um, so many different companies, um, and and also I love that you said win win earlier. I was even thinking win win win. It's just uh, you know, getting the right people in the right place is good for them, the companies for yourself and your company, um, for the, the customers of those companies that are going to benefit. Um, but yeah, did give us a little highlight reel of, of some of the companies you've worked with and some of your favorite stories from your 10 years.
1: Sure. Uh, well, uh, I can tell you a couple of, uh, wonderful stories of particular people that I've helped, um. um One person is Evan Erberg. I don't know if you know him. He's the CEO of Proximity Learning. That's a remote teaching platform. Uh, I met him nine years ago and I was introducing him into leadership positions back then and uh, he just kept growing as a, as, a, as a worker and a leader, and he was chosen to become CEO of Proximity Learning from investors. And when uh, he became CEO, he came back to me and he asked me to help him uh, hire the sales team. And so it's just this loyalty and this trust that we earn Throughout the years, and this is just one of your, you know, the story that you said is that we see the same person growing within this industry, and then coming back asking for help. We help each other. He has a stronger team. He has, you know, he's growing revenue. The investors are happy. He's happy. I'm happy. <laughs> I get to work with uh, an amazing guy. But I have many, many, many of those stories where a person that I have worked with early in their career. Uh, i been able to place them in a in a career changing or a life changing uh, opportunity and then they come back and ask for help later and, and so that has been so amazingly rewarding for me so win win all the way around like you said, uh, it just keeps me wanting to do this more and more.
0: And I know, have known you have the pleasure of knowing you for a while now. Um, and everyone knows you, it seems like, in the, in the community, and you've grown, and now your team has expanded recently. Tell us a little bit about that uh, exciting expansion.
1: Oh, it's definitely exciting. I've been working with my daughter-in-law for the last two years, Shannon, and Shannon has is such a go-getter, and it's been fantastic working with her and mentoring her, and uh, she is often running and doing an amazing job, um, and we've worked as a team. And then also I've uh, hired my son uh, who has a real interesting technology slant on everything. So he is updating our, our uh, database. He's keeping us relevant, uh, more relevant than before. I was using an older program. He's got us going on uh, on a newer platform and he's joined the team and he's being mentored as well. And, and uh, watching how we do business. And he's a he also is a big asset with the technology and the social media, and a young perspective uh, to kind of keep us keep us very relevant with with a younger audience coming up.
0: I love that, and and again, it's just reflective of what schools and districts are going through at the ed tech community, and even your company are kind of going through the same digital transformation. Uh, even joining a podcast like this today is a you know a step in that direction. So. Um, kudos to you and uh, your vision for maybe the next 10 years um, as you uh, include your son and your daughter-in-law and, and kind of grow the family business. It's really exciting to see.
1: Thank you. Thank you, JW. It's been a pleasure to to share the story with you. And I love market scale and I love watching what you guys are doing as well.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining again and to my audience Thank you for joining another episode. We love your comments and your interactivity with this show. Keep that coming and remember to always, always keep learning.